Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 52. Welcome back, Adamantamaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We've got a great episode ahead for you. Uh, as this is released or you're listening to it, if you're listening to it the week it's released, uh, looks like it's going to be another rainy, cloudy week. But as I record this, it is a beautiful, it's been a beautiful, sunny Sunday. The type that is perfect for going and hanging out with your friends outside at the park or on a patio which is what I did earlier, and uh, but before that even, I actually ran a half marathon this morning, the Toronto, the Good Life Toronto, uh, part of the Good Life Toronto Marathon, which went went well. Uh, it's, as you might have heard on some of the other podcasts that I'm a runner, um, but I hadn't done a, a distance this long in, in a couple of years. I did a full marathon, my first and only full marathon in 2016. This was my third half. And it went really well. I think I set two personal bests today, and that was my half marathon time and then the amount of pancakes I ate in one sitting. It was a ridiculous pile, like something that even like Michael Phelps or Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be proud of. And now I'm recording this intro, and I'm, I'm sitting on the floor, uh, which was maybe a bad idea. Uh, if you don't hear from me in a few days, it's because I can't get up off the floor. So maybe notify the authorities. But I'll make sure I'll make sure to get this episode out there in the open so you can still hear it. Because we got a really really cool guest for you today. We've got Scott Holiday who is the guitarist and one of the founding members of the band Rival Sons, which if you're a rock and roll fan, you either listen to them already or I've just done you the biggest favor. Rival Sons are one of the best pure rock and roll bands out there. They just released their 6th studio album. It's called Feral Roots. And it is so, so good. I think it's maybe the best album I've heard this year, uh, along with Gary Clark Jr. So shout out to Gary Clark Jr. And maybe the best rock and roll album I've heard in in a few years. It is from beginning to end. Some really uh, insanely good songs on there, uh, some of which I will throw out there for the Adamantium Recommend section. I met with Scott uh, before their sold-out show here in Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall. And one thing that was really interesting about the discussion now is we talked about the Woodstock 50 Festival that's supposed to happen in August, which is kind of interesting in retrospective because, yeah, might their, their biggest investor pulled out uh, this past week, so the festival might not happen now. We don't know. I hope it does because the lineup is killer. Um, I hope they get their act together and are able to put it together because it would be pretty awesome. So anyways, let's get right into the song recommendations so we can then get into the interview. Uh, For those tuning in to the podcast for the first time maybe, we do this section giving out song recos for for anyone that maybe isn't as familiar with uh, an artist so that they uh, can look up the songs before or after and kind of get a sense of what the artist is like. So these, here's five songs by the Rival Sons that I picked out for you guys to check out. So as I mentioned, their new album is amazing. It's called Feral Roots. I could easily give five songs from just that album, but I'm going to start with three from that album. The first is uh, their brand, their newest single. It's called Too Bad. I think it's my favorite Rival Sons song to date. 
Uh, it's really, really cool. The video is also awesome. It's very, we talk about it in the interview actually. It's very bare bones. They play to an empty theater. It's just super rock and roll. The second song I'm going to recommend is called Do Your Worst. It was their first single off the off Feral Roots, and it spent something like 16, 17 weeks uh, on the rock charts here in Canada. And the third song I'm going to recommend is the song Feral Roots, which is so awesome. It's like a, it very much reminds me of like a 70s throwback. Really, really cool. And then the last two songs that I picked from previous albums, they're pretty much Rival Sun's greatest hits. Check out the song Keep On Swingin', and the last song is called Open My Eyes. All right, and just a quick spiel before we get into the interview. If you're new to the podcast, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or you can subscribe on both. We're also available on Google Play Music and Stitcher, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow The Adamantium on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can find us just by searching The Adamantium. All right, let's rock and roll. Here's episode number 52, featuring Scott Holliday of The Rival Sons. Have a great week, everyone. We're here with Scott Holliday from Rival Sons. Thank you for much, very much for being here with us. Happy to be here, man. Awesome. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. And congratulations on, on everything that's been going on lately. Uh, the new album is wicked. Um, the tour I heard has been going very well. Yeah, it's cool to be in Canada. I have like a really close affinity towards Canada and Toronto, uh, especially. Where did that come from? Um, well, we made quick friends with Canada early in our career years and years ago. You know, even before the U.S. did anything for us, Canada was like a, a lot better spot. You know, we came over here with um, the IZOD people for the Indy car races. Yeah, yeah. Years and years ago, and we were just, that's how we came here. Really? We played the indie races, and they asked us to play a show outside of the race during during the races, and we ended up playing this place called Cherry Cola's that's owned by our good yeah, friend yeah. Cherish. And we just made quick friends with everybody and, and ended up coming back again and again. Yeah. And, you know, Canada ended up embracing us really hard. And even just recently, I mean, um, I'm constantly traveling and I had um, been dating a girl that lived in Toronto, so I was here constantly okay. for, for a while, for a couple of years even. So I was almost like... So what are some of your favorite spots? Um, I, I, I just love all of downtown, really. I don't even have a particular thing. I like the park. It was really nice. I, we did that a bunch of times. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about Toronto is there's... We've got a lot of venues, too, so... I find... I found a lot, anyways, a lot of at least rock and roll acts, they like... They like being here because we have so many great venues. It's a great city. I mean, when I first came here, there was so many great people, and it was such a great-looking, like bohemian, alive kind of city. And the you know, the lake right there. You have you have water and everything. It's like crazy. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, why the hell didn't anyone ever say this to me? Like, <laughs> no one had ever said, "Dude, you got to go to Toronto. Right? You need to check it out." And I just when we got here, we were like. Dude, there's everything here. Yeah, we're there's like, pretty girls. There's a great <laughs> gigantic city. How do we miss this place? You know. <laughs> so I don't know. Particular spots for me are difficult. I just you know um, I have to really think about it. But um, 
I've perused all over the joint, you know what I mean? Just cruised the whole city and really enjoy downtown a lot. Well, we're glad to hear that. We're, we're happy to have you anytime. Yeah, say, you can come play in my backyard if you want. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, congratulations on Feral Roots. And this week, you guys, uh, it was just this week you guys released the video for Too Bad. Yeah, man. Which, and I'm not just, just saying this, I think Too Bad might be my favorite Rival Son song. Rival Son song to, <laughs> da- <laughs> to date. Thank you. Yeah, and... I'm um, proud of it. Yeah, one thing, like, uh, I felt the video even, too, it really, like, kind of complements that, like, raw integrity of cool. the song. Um, was that something you guys were kind of going for with the concept of the video? The and- video was difficult. We had one idea and had to quickly, like, steer the ship after we had shot it. It was shot quickly and inexpensively. And frankly, the producer didn't totally have a grasp on what we wanted. I don't think in the end he couldn't really, uh, the director, he couldn't really bring it to where it needed to get. But what he did was good enough. Like the footage was wonderful. Yeah. The the concept just wouldn't lock, you know. So I was able to hand it off to my good friend Aaron Eisenberg, who is also a guitar player in the the band The Soft White Sixties, band we've toured with and taken out. Okay. And he's also a video editor, and he did all this editing and kind of conceptualized on the post with this whole VHS concept. Yeah, yeah. And I think it did a lot for it, and for the color and the tonal feel of the video and the energy. Absolutely. And that brought it home. So it's it's like that sometimes. You have, like, it starts one way. Oh shit! It didn't work exactly how we wanted it to. Let's throw a little peanut butter in that chocolate and see yeah. what happens. And it ended up working out. Good yeah, it was really. Cool. And I think just like the whole, like playing in the empty venue, it had this like really kind of like powerful. And that like was the original concept. So yeah. at least that was still was there. Still there. And that was accomplished well with with uh, Jordan, the directors. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it cool was really it's at cool. Home. It's, like, it's in Long Beach. I think, and it really kind of like allows the music to speak. I think too. You know? Yeah. It's not like a. We're not. You're not necessarily paying too much attention to a storyline that's happening or whatever. Exactly. So you can really kind of concentrate. It's a performance. Video. It's a performance video, and and I think the concept, lightly, without trying to be too heavy or deep about anything, is just that you know, this is what it's like. Like we're going to sound check in a minute, and that's what it is when we're coming in to check. That's yeah. basically the idea that we're playing this terrace theater in Long Beach, and this is this is like right. a, it's like a sound check. Mm-hmm. The sound check is intense though, because yeah. the guys I work with. You know, we don't we don't phone it in. Yeah. There's never a time to phone it in. There's yeah. never a time to just kinda just kinda like mull through stuff. It's anytime we're all working together, it's like we're very focused and it becomes very intense and that's just how, how it comes out, you know. That's how rival sons work, eh? Even that song was recorded I think that like that's like a first taker. You know, we we, we, we I had written the riff and Jay had written the rest of the song um, just with a bass, you know, mm-hmm. so we very quickly kind of mashed it together in the room with this, this riff I had and left sections I like, intellectually talked about the song mm-hmm. with this, like, you know, a 16 bar, 32 bar solo section and passed things around and then went, okay, let's start playing it now. Riff yeah. at the front. Built it, did it. I think we played it one time through and then backed up and said, okay, let's play it how we arranged it properly. Mm-hmm. Then we played it and on that take... I just took the solo that you hear on the record because I knew where it should go and I just improvised that solo. Wow. And that's the one we kept all of it. It's just that's it. And all those takes are all live off the floor. So I think that was like our first or second time ever playing the song ever. And, and that's went the, into the energy album. of the band. Wow. Know? I've heard I've heard a lot about that, that that's how you guys make music. That it's kind of like this on-the-spot writing 
yeah. uh, type. Um, can you tell me a little bit more? Like, it would it usually be you bringing a riff? It's either Jay me, bringing some lyrics or like how? It's either Jay bringing a song and, and, and lyrics or me bringing a song or a riff or the band working off the floor even. We've done it in the past. We've done it where I bring the riff in the moment, like mm -hmm. write something in the moment and just start banging around on stuff. This this was a little more methodical in the way that uh, Jay had a song written and I just needed to insert this thing. I had written a whole song around that riff. Mm-hmm. And the, our producer, Dave Cobb, said, how about before we start this whole new thing, we have something that already exists that we heard Jay play. Okay. What about that thing that I heard right. him doing? This like R&B kind of thing he was doing. And I went, it's fantastic. I love it. I'm, let's let's try that. You mm -hmm. know? And we kind of found where, where it needed to be in the register. But it can be any of those ways. You know, This record was more written. Me and Jay mostly wrote these songs and we brought them in. Okay. But we still aim to capture them pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed that because you guys have this kind of like very productivity way of releasing albums. And I noticed though that this album took a little longer than previous albums. Maybe, I don't know if that was like because of extensive touring or whatnot, but was there no, a reason? No, we, 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 we switched labels. So we had, okay. we actually had time. I mean, in one way we love the idea of the, the process that we previously used this aesthetic that we would go in there in 30 mm -hmm. days and be done inside 30 yeah. days of writing, recording, mixing, done. Mm -hmm. That's good because it's inspired and it's like yes. you're using a lot of instinct. Um, this time we were gone for like two years because we were on tour with Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. We switched labels, we switched management, a lot of things changed hands. So we had a moment to not rush. Mm -hmm. And we said, let's give it a second. We owe it to ourselves. Me and Jay really wanted to work together and just try writing first and kind of focusing, conceptualizing mm -hmm. before. And at length. So we would, we would work. You know, we, we went to Southern Tennessee. This, this like beat up area in the woods on two lakes, this cabin, this riding cabin, yeah. and just stayed out there for a week and conceptualized and built fires and played guitars and had amps out there and made noise and conceptualized. And then we uh, would work together and pass music back and forth. He's in Nashville, I'm in, or he's in Franklin, Tennessee, and I'm in Huntington Beach, California. And then when we had enough songs, we'd say, let's go to Nashville yeah. proper and, and recorded RCA with Dave. We'd all go in and record and then we would just stop and go in for like a week and then go back home and do that again. Okay. Write a bunch of songs, go in for a week. That's it. And then we went to Muscle Shoals, Alabama for two days and got four songs, the primary tracks, you know, mm -hmm. tracks of four songs in two days that we kept on the record. And that's it. So really, it was still probably less recording time than any of the other records. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, but it was more writing time. Me and Jay just writing back and forth. Okay. Yeah. And I noticed um, kind of like a visual kind of theme now of this like mystical kind of dog painting hmm. on the album covers. Yeah, sure. Um, it was on Hollow Bones as well. And they're different. Was, same artist. Yeah. Dif different dog. Different concept. Mm -hmm. Enti entirely different concept, but same artist, and I think we've been we've been drawn to um, to animals throughout our career, even with the logo with these with these lions and there's there's been like if I look at old show posters and stuff, there's been this animalistic yes, nature, yeah. this feral nature that um, I think is relatable for us in the music. Okay, um, and who is the artist? 
Uh, Martin Whitfoot. Okay. Martin Whitfoot. He's really, really wonderful. Y'all should check him out. He just, uh, he's working on a bunch of new stuff. He's a lovely person. He's a, he's a real head. And all, I mean, he has a lot of works that are worth looking into. Excellent. Really, really interesting political uh, uh, commentaries and stuff. All right. Shout out to Martin then. Um, one thing I just came across, and it was released a month ago. I don't know how I just came across it recently. was the... Um, they just released the lineup for Woodstock 50. Yeah, man. Which has you guys on it. Happy and to be a part of it. Yeah, it's got to be one of the most stacked festivals yeah. I've seen in a long time. Yeah, we're really, really proud to be a part of it. It's funny because the last Woodstock was so funky. And in my opinion, it's just, you know, for for where I was at the time, I just it was a big deal, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't that great to me. It just wasn't. It was kind of like kind of messy okay in every way like literally and just just socially it was messy yeah you know you had like uh you had people a lot of like negative attitudes and negative bands on there okay fuck this and fuck that and people burning shit and there was people getting raped it was just all this terrible shit that had nothing to do with Woodstock with what Woodstock is about yeah so when I when I thought about this Woodstock Festival, I immediately had to go to that. Like, go, oh, God, last time they did it, it didn't go well. Right. So we're hoping this time they do it well. And what's surrounding this whole thing right now seems to be really positive. Yeah. Obviously, it's ni- 1967. It's not 1969. Right. And it's, it, we're not a bunch of hippies. That's not what's going yeah. on. But I think we can really appreciate our generation, younger generations, even older generations, can appreciate the spirit and the, the idea, the ethos of what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And I think the lineup kind of reflects that. I mean, I think the lineup is smarter. Yeah, if you, yeah. especially if you compare it to like a Coachella or something yeah. like that now, it kind of goes back to its roots of yeah. what Woodstock at least was, what was about. Yeah, it's mixed up really good too. Mm-hmm. There's there's a good like amount of like older bands with younger bands and mm-hmm. really good uh, just good vibes, good artists, yeah. lots of good talent on there. I mean, and you guys, I mean, over the last few years, you guys have played with ACDC, Aerosmith, yeah, like you, Black Sabbath. You mentioned, yeah. So every time that you wake up in the morning, you have to pinch yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, sure, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because it's 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 it's. We're, we're adapted to it because we're doing it every day right. and it's our life and these people have become our friends and this has become become our situation but yeah. um, no one's so far removed or so far up their own ass that they can't still be human and like wake up and go damn we're lucky yeah this is nice what's happened it's mm-hmm. nice that we get to do this it's lucky that we get to perform it's lucky that we have each other that we have a solid vision and how we want people to, you know, we want we want to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. It's this isn't about us getting rich, and this isn't us about us getting famous. It's about us doing what we know is in our heart. It's what we are. It's what we have to do, and um, it's what it's what we want to do to like put something good back in. Right. And we can see it night after night. We can see people's spirits lift. You can see people come together. Yeah. You can see people forgetting the shitty things in their life. You know, bills and. And things that upset them, and mm-hmm. they have their at least their one hour, two hours that they're here. And ideally, that's what I'm hoping for. That they, it's 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 like uh, almost like a fantasy that they get to yeah. forget everything and just be here now. 
and be present and be in it yeah because you become free and you become a lot closer to your natural state you become more in touch with what's really there when you are in that state mm-hmm. you know when you're thinking about all this other shit it's just it's really clouding from our 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 real uh, intent like what we're supposed to be doing so I know this is a really big high-minded idea but especially for a rock band to think like this but this is really the idea you know and um, there's no days that I wake up that I'm not like feeling blessed that I have that opportunity that we uh, have been appreciated by our heroes any band that, that overlooks that or gets used to that or thinks it's no big deal it's weird mm-hmm they need to check themselves because it's amazing and it's like you should feel that kind of like you should feel that kind of humbleness that gives is giving me one last question that um that kind of, this kind of transitions into and that's in the last few years anyways we've had a lot of emergence of bands like yourselves like the glorious sons uh the temperance movement greta van fleet that kind of feel like all those bands came after us by the way yeah they did <laughs> they, that is true no, the uh, the Timbers move is but, good friend, good friends of ours. We've had we've had them on this podcast. Great as well. guys, yeah, they are. Who who was on here? Was Paul on here? Uh, Paul and um, there's two guys. Paul and uh, I, I don't remember right now, but they're yeah. lovely people. Really, really great, great band. Um, I don't know the Glorious Sons. I think we might have met them over here. Yeah, they're kind of like the Canadian. I'm pretty sure that I told them that they. Um, they, that we met them when I said, why'd you steal our name, man? <laughs> I think I harassed them about yeah, it. Yeah. I thought that might have been them. There's some other Sons bands I've my, harassed. My question was, though, with these like bands <laughs> now kind of coming back and stuff, is it, do you think there is, and I mean, rock and roll's always been there, but do you think there's kind of like a thirst right now for kind of like the classic sounding rock and roll music? Undoubtedly. Yeah. I mean, you just named a bunch of bands that are right. rising up. Those bands wouldn't have, be having careers right now if there wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think they're... I've been seeing it for... This band's been going on. I shouldn't age the band too much, but the band's been going on 10 years. I don't give a shit. Um, and we've been touring hard over mm-hmm. those 10 years. So it's not like, oh, I think it's gonna something's going to happen. We've been seeing the crowds grow. <clears throat> not only ours, but others. Every artist that we've taken on tour, um, most of them have like started their own little careers and have their own audiences happening. Mm-hmm. Temperance Movement being one yes. of them. They open sh- tours for us. They have their own whole great career, and they come over mm-hmm. here and kill now. And it's like this with a bunch of other bands. We know it's going to happen. We're just, it's waiting for the right lock, you know? Mm-hmm. Over here, uh, Do Your Worst was number one for 16 weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. I actually have an award in my house framed for Open My Eyes because it was at number one for four weeks. I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for my plaque because I got this 16-week one that just killed it. It's hilarious. I looked at it every Maybe day. Maybe get four went, plaques. I, 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 want, I want my plaques, but it's yeah. like this. It, it, the, the radio and people, the society in general, they need a band. <clears throat> they need a, a head on the beast. Yeah. So I, I think we could argue that it might be Greta Van Fleet now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I could argue that it won't be them or it isn't them yet. But they've opened the door probably more than everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, in such a big way. It just needs more of that. Right. It needs to be more of a hydra this multi-headed beast and the head by that i mean they they need to be writing these great records and radio needs to be helping them and their labels need to be helping them Mm -hmm. once enough good songs are charting and staying at number one and you know uh 
maybe too bad crosses over into alternative. Maybe it right. crosses over into pop. Maybe we put something else that, yeah. Once we start doing this kind of a thing, rocks will have its place again. Mm -hmm. Certainly the other genres have been consuming themselves, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, you have alternative and indie, which is certainly fickle. Um, and you have hip hop, which is frankly in the shitter. And R&B, which is just like, it's just, it's become silly, rap and hip-hop. It's, it's a, I'm a huge fan of hip-hop, and I'm going to say that from that standpoint. You're seeing, like, this mumble rap and where things are starting to come from. It's exactly what happened with rock and roll. Right. It went okay. to the shitter. And it was like, before you know it, we lost every band that had any sense of, like, like, like power. And everything became so watered down that it was just disposable. Yeah. You hear a single that just burn up right in front of you. Like nothing had any substance. It's almost like this roller coaster cycle that needs to kind of pop, come back around again. Rap, like, I kind of feel like none of it has substance. They're all blinging out and talking shit and it's just garbage now. It's like there's no substance. So what's going to happen? It's burning itself down. Yeah. What's coming right behind it? This freight train of rock and roll that's been clinking away and working hard and touring the world and have these these rock bands have these great stories. And there's a lot of substance. There's bands and there's people like us that like are doing it for much deeper reasons than to get rich like a lot of these other pop artists. Right. That's going to resonate with people. Yeah. That's going to make a scene happen. And that's going to make people turn away from bullshit. And it's going to make people turn towards things with substance again. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make a real fruitful youth and culture happen all over again. It's amazing here. And I think that's a great note to wrap up on. So. All right, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much again, Scott, for being here. Yeah, my Appreciate pleasure. Kill Sorry to keep you waiting. No, man, kill it tonight. Be adamantium.